What skill that you don't have do you wish you could have? Archery. S -s Sleeping whenever I wanted. Juggling. Archery. That yeah. was a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have? How did you think of that? Um. So, I used to be obsessed with like Green Arrow, and then like Hunger Games. She was really good at archery, and that was like her skill. Yeah. And she was like really dope with it. Yeah. And so that was always like a fascinating type of like hunting skill that might okay. be useful in like post uh, apocalyptic world or something like that. Nice. Yeah. Um, sleeping when whoever you want is not a skill. <laughs> That could be, or is it, or yeah. like 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 nap on command. That's what I'm saying. Cause I, if I don't get sleep one night, um, and like if I'm really tired, I can knock out whenever. Mm -hmm. But it's like if I want to sleep, I can't be like, hey, sleep. So I mean, I I, I don't really think that would be the D one. Does it thing take I you long to sleep at night? If I'm exhausted and it's like past a certain time at night, I can sleep. Yeah. But if I just don't, if my body and mind isn't ready to sleep, I will not be sleeping. And I can't, like, nap on demand or sleep on demand. Interesting. Yeah. But it wasn't, like, an official answer that I would, like, actually give. It's just... I think that's a dope seconds. answer. Frost, do you want to do juggling? Yeah. I used to be able to juggle. Okay. That's a good one. But, yeah, I feel like... It's not that, it's not yeah, that great it's of an answer. No, it's like... And you asked the you question. All manage. I, feel like it's, I feel like it's one of those things that... You can't use... It's just... No, you can. Well, you can... You know, okay, so there's skills that's like, that are like, you know, um, party tricks, right? Mm -hmm. And those are the skills I wish I had. Because it's uh. like, I can't be like, yeah, man, I can make a music video. Like, okay? <laughs> like, you can't, you can't show somebody that, you know? Yeah. You can't impress somebody. It's not about impressing either. It's just like... It's, oh, it's Frost cool. wants to oh be that guy. Wow. Frost wants to be that. He wants to be the party trick dude so he, at the parties. He, he probably travels just to be like tell everyone like yeah, I've been to here, I've been here, I've been here, and so he's trying to get the party tricks wow. so that he conquers that world. Literally figured Frost out. Boom. He probably does like the spoon trick on top of the the floating spoon trick on top of the glass. Are we done? If you're watching like, on YouTube, you can see him face palming. But like, please it's watch on YouTube just for this face. I waited so long for this. I'm going to learn how to juggle. Screw you guys. Um, <laughs> guys, welcome to another episode of Strange Flavors. This is brought to you by Aleph Theory. My name is Faraz. My name is Shammer. My name is Amber. We actually just did a poll that like a lot of you guys are watching on YouTube, so thanks for that. Um, Thank you. Uh, please subscribe, because I know that we have a lot of subscribers yeah, on um, If you want to listen podcast. in the car. Send in a car? Listen in the car and stuff. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, well, if they're watching on YouTube, then you're encouraging them to watch a video while they're driving, so... Yeah. Thanks for that. So, okay, you know what? Just go on Apple uh, thingy. Podcast. We have so Stitcher, if you, too. Podcasts. If you get into an accident while watching no, the podcast on YouTube while driving, you can sue but if Shamir. You, no, no, Please if, do if, not if, sue If you get flavors. YouTube Red, you can play it audio. Yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, so. But then you have to pay $10 so now, a month. Now you're making them pay $10. It, and you get rid of the ads, so there's like a lot. And you get the TV shows, too. Honestly, Shamir YouTube just wants you to waste your money. And then you can watch my videos Listen, and then, um, get, the get, some ad revenue. Revenue. get the Get the 30 day free trial. Watch four of our episodes on YouTube. Cancel your trial. Yeah, there you go. That's so extra. Just subscribe to us, guys. We only need a few <laughs> more subscribers until we have we can have a link. Okay, the goal is the link. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Because I know we have a lot of subscribers on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud, but um, our YouTube is slowly rising. So yeah, thank you everybody who's been supporting, and congrats to the people that won the uh, sweatshirts. You look awesome in them. Thanks for sending in your pictures. And look out for more contests on the way. Uh, you can look out on our IG page, on our Twitter page. 
um, and our Facebook page. We're always uh, going to keep those updated with whatever contests we're doing, whatever giveaways we're doing. So, yeah. Um, this week was kind of crazy and like very sad, uh, you know, in, in current events. Um, I want to start by highlighting something that is just like kind of hits home, obviously. Um, not kind of, but um, this, this thing about um, this girl named Zenob. Um, who you guys may have heard of uh, is is somebody who was um, you know a little girl who got uh, kidnapped and she was raped and murdered um, uh, like she was found in dirt and it has created a lot a lot of like you know anger and and protests in Pakistan um, because it's just like it's unimaginable to any sort of family member just just have something like that happen to her and then after that like recently this girl Kainath um had something similar happen to her and she actually survived wait really yeah, yeah. she survived and she was in the hospital um and they were like you know doing reporting from there and it's insane that like these problems still exist yeah in the world i think there's like a good a good level of like activism that's coming out from Pakistanis because I don't feel like Pakistanis from Pakistan are that, you know, like, like driven from social justice issues as much. And I actually see a lot of big Pakistani social figures speaking about this. And that's so important Mm -hmm. because the only way that you actually tackle a problem is start talking about it. So if there's one thing I can say about all this is we're doing one thing that some were on track. I do wish that people wouldn't post the pictures of her in the actual garbage itself. It just seems a little disrespectful to her life. Mm. Yeah. It's nice to see like that there's a movement of men who are sticking up for women and their rights. It's one thing if women are doing it, but like um, it's not about um, you know girls having to learn how to protect themselves and you know girls having to dress differently or take different routes. It's like we need to teach the men how to be respectful. You know, obviously take care of like the preciousness that is of that makes up their home. You know, I hope that, you know, there's some sort of strength that her family finds and and she gets her justice. But this is this is crazy. And it's it needs to be spoken out about Um, another kind of crazy and bizarre thing that happened. was this H and M thing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you want to go over like what? There what was this African American kid, and he was wearing a hoodie that said "Coolest Monkey in the Jungle." Yeah. And everyone just went crazy. They thought, yeah. "What do you guys think? Like, do you thought that was racist? Do you think that was racist?" Well, so there was. I mean, to put it into context, uh, this kid is a model for H and M. Right. Like he's and he's and, he, and he's done other modeling things too. But. Compared to this line of, um, clothing. of clothes, clothing, whatever, there was other kids that were right. like, um, you know, hunter, best hunter or something like and that. Like, like different things, scavenger, most talented scavenger, like, like something around something that. Something of the zoo, like uh, like zoo tamer, something like zoo leader. It was Zoo leader, yeah. Something yeah, yeah. like that. And, and I there think, were white kids. Right. And I think that's where the problem But then the in. black kid was coolest monkey in the jungle. Yeah. Right. The weekend announced and G Easy announced who had lines with H and M. What partnered? They said that they're uh, dropping it, yeah. right? Right. Um, and it and it created like a whole lot of backlash for H and M, and people were saying like, how like 
how could you even put this out there um this is racism right um yeah and i think that i think by itself like isolated i would think that people are overreacting because i work with kids as you guys know and i see kids wearing the most ridiculous written stuff like oh i get all the hot chicks and have like baby chicks all over them so like where do you like really draw yeah. the line of what's inappropriate for a kid however when you add in the fact that those two kids that were white were wearing those things like that i feel like it's kind of pushing the line a little mm. bit. It could have been something that they just overlooked, but it was a very stupid thing to overlook. I think it's like 50-50. Like, you know, why isn't he allowed to wear that? You know? Right. Like, um, the example is like Ahmed, the the kid who brought in the clock like a couple years ago. Like, he's brown, right? And people assume that he was a terrorist because, you know, he brought in like a weird looking clock. Now, the other part of the argument's like, you're brown. Why don't you bring like don't bring in something that looks like that, mm. right? But he shouldn't have to. Like mm-hmm. you should be like you know people. It's racist because people think it's racist. That's that's a good point, but but again, it is stupid on H and M's part. Yeah, yeah. To, right, like right. they should assume that people will think like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So so in these like really like sort of um, peaking racist times. Yeah. Um, I think for H&M, it's just smarter not to put it out there. Yeah. And if an African-American kid wants to buy that sweatshirt and wear it, then that's that becomes on their right, part. It's right. like, then he can get questioned by whoever he wants. You know, why are you wearing that? Yeah. Um, but I think, I think it's very weird that the kid has been turned into a hero. Right. Um, like I, Diddy was saying that he's going to give him his own line in Sean John. I'm like... But this kid and his mom, like, they, they were went, cool they, with it. Yeah, like, they, they were okay understood. with it. They didn't have a problem with it. I don't understand how the kid is the hero in that sense, you uh, know? Yeah. Like, he didn't really, he didn't do any, like, he wasn't, he wasn't put on something that he... Yeah, he didn't go did, home and get mad yeah. about it. Y- yeah. Yeah. So that's why I, I find it weird how he's, like... I, like, now made into well, a hero. They pr- like, people are from, sympathizing probably, for Probably him from almost. their perspective, it's like... I want him to be represented better. Right. Like, I don't want him to be wearing that, so let's mm. make him a new line. Yeah. I just... It's yeah, just I, I, guess I, see, I guess I see both perspectives. But at the end of the day, you know what? Being a company as big as H&M, you just don't go there. Right. Yeah. I think. Like, yeah. that's just stupid on your part, especially in like, the cl- it, like climate if he that was we wearing live, all, that we live. Like, if that kid was wearing all the sweaters, that might have been much better. But the fact that he was only wearing that one... Yeah. It was weird. You know, we, we we don't know the facts, but mm-hmm. we take sides super quickly right. and things get blown out of proportion. And also the fact that everybody feels like they have to take a side like, right. and, and say, you know, it's either this or this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then things get way, way, way out of hand. But yeah, I think um, considering all those things, we need to focus the light on on a much cooler story. A much so, a, a nice story story so that's why we have somebody really special here today who want who is going to share what like the perspective of a convert to islam right she's from las vegas she does martial arts uh she's just a very very cool videographer she's just all around great yeah and um she has she's a really unique perspective um on life coming from where she comes from so we're excited to talk to her and um, listen to what she has to say about her experiences. Everybody, please welcome Trish. Hey, 
You know, last time um, you hit the mic at least 20 times. <laughs> so I edited all of that out, and that was really, really fun for me. So thank you. You're thank welcome. you for that. Um, how do you guys know each other, by the way? Um, I met her actually before I converted, and it was at UBMSA events. That's mm-hmm. basically what happened, yeah. I don't even remember when I specifically met you. I'm pretty sure someone was just like, hey, this is Amber. And then I was like, hey. Be- before you converted? Oh, you said You yeah. said before you converted? Yes. Okay, so, so. you were, so you knew her before and after. Yeah. Oh, nice. When, but I only knew her after she was interested in Islam, though. Yeah. And we actually, I think, met wow, at Amber, um, the Hadid. Very open-minded of you. What? <laughs> what? No, no, because um, we, I think, so met So if anybody at out the, there is listening... And wants to be friends with Amber, just make sure you're Muslim. (laughs) (laughs) Interested. (laughs) Or interested. The um, why to join an MSA video shoot. No, I did meet you before that, but we didn't really talk. Like, I I know I saw you. You came to CCBC a couple times. I went to UB a couple times. But we didn't, like, talk. Mainly through Zena. Mainly through Zena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we did that video. Yeah. And we were in a group chat, and I was like, oh, no, she probably hates me. So were you, like, learning then is that what yeah phase so what happened was um initially should i like go like from the beginning we can we can take it from yeah Yeah. as well so i used to live in las vegas and it's like 0.02 percent muslim population there so i didn't know any muslims at all um but i didn't and you were what then i didn't have a religion okay so my parents were both raised christian but they didn't practice christianity anymore um christianity anymore so the concept of religion just wasn't not really like i was kind of taught that you shouldn't really be religious you should just kind of think whatever you want basically Mm -hmm. um but i always kind of felt like there should be like i always kind of felt like there was something that was the truth and i did believe that there was a god i just didn't have a set view on like what proved an existence of uh, a god or anything like that so i considered myself an agnostic theist but mm-hmm. you know i kind of thought i'd just stay like that like i looked into christianity a little bit because my grandparents were christian and um i looked into mormonism a little bit because there were a lot of mormons in las vegas but in the end i was just like yeah when, there isn't really a set religion when for you me. say like looking into it like how old are you that you're considering different things and being open-minded to um i mean ever since i can remember really but primarily i was about 14 so i'm 22 wow, now i'm really turning weird. 23 this year but i was like 14 when i started looking into different religions because mm-hmm. there wasn't really like a set story about why my family didn't have a religion and i was like i know all these other people who have a religion so like what what is up with this whole religion thing but in the end i decided that i was an agnostic theist so i believed in god but didn't really think there was any set proof of god and did you like celebrate christmas and stuff growing up yeah my family celebrated christmas and easter and all that but um just because carrying on traditions that they had growing up right um and that was primarily it where where do you live where do you live in las vegas that there's just like is it like a suburban area like what so what okay it? so it's not like i thought when i was i mean i was like a little kid but i thought yeah. okay it's like the strip and then at the end of the strip there were houses that was what i thought it was but it's not it's like you got the strip and then there's a bunch of desert and there's a bunch of really like uh dystopian future looking perfect landscape areas with houses and it's really hot um so you live over there and it's got like normal grocery stores and stuff it looks like california but it's way hotter and drier and more unpleasant so like giant houses in the middle of the desert basically they're neighborhoods and that's what you live in 
I did it first, and then I actually moved to Mount Charleston, which is 45 minutes from Las Vegas, but it's still in Nevada. Okay. Hmm. So, yeah. And how long did you live there? I lived there until 2010 when I moved back here. So I moved back here, and I didn't really think much about uh, religion again until I started going to college. Um, well, I, I wound up meeting some people who are Muslim, and I was kind of like, I didn't really know this religion was a thing because I didn't know any Muslims before this. So I started like, you know... When you like, were exploring, like at 14, that wasn't one of the things? No, you, like okay. I really didn't know anything about Islam. I didn't know anything about Muslims at all. Like what, I just was what had not you exposed heard, to like, it. Were you, like obviously there's like things that you hear in the news and stuff. Was there anything that you were just like, oh, this is a religion to like just Not nah really. Like somehow I kind of missed that. So I wound okay. up, when I started learning about Islam, it was like, half of it was bad things and half of it was good things uh, that the media was saying mm. because before then it wasn't really something i knew much about like i knew it was a religion and that was it i didn't know anything about it at all okay. so when i started doing research it was like completely from scratch mm. um which, and this was at what age that you started looking into islam 18 which is it was just out of curiosity because i always liked learning about different people's belief systems so if i met anybody who had a different belief system i'd want to learn about it just for fun you know because i loved philosophy and discussing different uh questions and things like that so I met Muslims in college, and so I started kind of like learning about Islam. Like I'd ask them questions or, you know, I'd be like, let me Google this one thing that they mentioned. And I'd kind of learn about it from there. And the more I learned, the more I realized, wow, I agree with this. Wow, I agree with this too. Because I kind of had my own like set of beliefs that I just personally had already. And it wasn't like this dramatic transformation. It was like, wow, this fits what I already believed. This is wild. Like I thought I was just weird. right? So, you, so you believe things like... That matched up with the religion, like like having one God and that type of stuff? Yeah, saying? but or? down to even subtle things, down to like, you know, how human interaction should be or okay. like the right. logic behind not drinking, like things like that. Mm. People would just be like, man, you're weird. And then it turned out it wasn't just my opinion. Like there was a whole religion that already had all these logical reasons for something that I personally already, already adhered to. So I thought that was cool. Um, so then you're... Um, going to college and then you start going to these uh, Muslim Student Association meetings and then you start meeting more Muslims there? Is that what well, sort of happened? Sort of, not exactly. Mm. What it started out with was um, I would just talk to Muslims that I met uh, just in college in general before I did anything MSA related. Um, and as I got more curious due to conversations and stuff, I was like, you know, hey, can you guys like send me videos and invite me to events and that kind of thing? How I wound up in MSA was um, I'm also a videographer. So I got asked to film a hijab challenge, which is everybody wears hijab for a week. Like anybody who's non-Muslim, right? They'd come and share their experience. So I was supposed to film people who would, before they actually put it on, like say their opinion and then I'd film it again afterwards. Like, you know, they'd summarize their experience. Was it getting reactions? Yeah. Oh, so okay. it was just like, they'd say, you know, um, I don't really know what to expect. And at the end they were like, this is my experience. So last minute I decided to jump in. So I joined in the hijab challenge myself and I thought it was really great. And then at the end, um, the MSA people were just like, do you want to like not leave? Cause by that point I filmed stuff for them. I made them a new logo. Um, I made them flyers. They were like, you want to not leave? And I'm like, heck yeah. So I came, I, uh, I wound up joining my college's MSA as a non-Muslim secretary for wow. the club. And then from there I became more involved in the community they going were probably to different super events. excited for that <laughs> of course they were yeah like having a non-muslim on board they're probably like oh yeah like we're diverse 
<laughs> yeah, I think so. There's this one really awkward moment, which is that the club's advisor comes in and reads these ancient like rules for the club right mm. and one of the rules was you know you have to be muslim to have a position and everybody just kind of really awkwardly <laughs> looks around and they're like yeah we're deleting wait that. that's a terrible rule that is a terrible did, rule did, none of us made it up like it was some the msa that was like ancient before oh. our msa like right. had even been a thing because yes even for our msa we have the same but well, we have like similar bylaws because mm. i think everybody kind of got them from like umbc basically um, I think CCBC and UB is kind of based off that. But I guess if you just don't update, it's the same way. Yeah, nobody had even looked at those until the advisor came in and read them over. And we were like, oh, that was kind of funny. That's interesting. That's so awesome then, they invited you in, though. Yeah. yeah. What happened from there? Um, were people aware that you were kind of like exploring or did they ever ask you your thoughts or anything? Oh, yeah, all the time. But people like, you know, they already knew me at that point. So they kind of heard my views on it. And um, as I started going to more events, meanwhile, simultaneously, I was, you know, learning different things about Islam, asking questions, and I was reading the Quran in English. Um, and so during the time, people knew, like, I was interested. But I didn't really think that I would actually convert. I thought it was just like, you know... An exploration? Yeah, like, I thought it was just interesting. Because, again, I love different belief systems and, you know, deep conversations, that kind of thing. But as I started learning more, I was like, this this really feels like it's true for me. Maybe in like 10 years, I'll convert. Mm. So some of my friends from MSA would just be like, why in 10 years though? (laughs) So from the time that you started learning to the time you actually converted, how long was that period? Two years. And what actually like triggered that to you for you to convert? Like when I actually took the Shahada? Yeah. So um, there there kind of came a point where... um, I had this one conversation with a Muslim about Islam and I corrected them on something. Um, and like they were saying something that was not correct. So I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's like do you super remember wrong. What it was? Yeah, I do. I just don't want to say it because then yeah, the person might yeah. be like, hey, I didn't know that was the moment. And then I would have to deal with that awkwardness. But yeah. Um, yeah, so they said something that was incorrect and I corrected them. And then I was kind of like, you know, this, I guess this feels really true for me. And again, it was, it already agreed. Like um, Islam already fit what my beliefs were and anything that was new i'd be like wow that makes sense like if i learned something about you know how islam views relationships or the afterlife or things like that i'd be like this makes total logical sense and if there were any tough questions if i researched um you know i'd learn what the actual answer was and it would make logical sense as well so anyway there came a point where i was just kind of like i need to finish reading the quran before i could actually convert because what if like in the back of my mind it's just like what if there's some kind of weird thing like right near the end Hmm. so the the turning point moment for me was um because at this point i was like you know maybe in 10 years right but um i finished reading the quran one night at um like 5 a.m and when i finished it i just felt like so light and happy that i completed this and the whole thing like even then i couldn't truly like understand the context of everything right. um like i was learning the backstory as well but not as much as i know now um but anyway even then i was just like wow like this is really great and at that point i was just like yeah i'm just gonna do it i'm just gonna convert what is your ethnic origin by the way so i'm half white and half cuban so you probably won't meet anyone else who's half white and half cuban around here i think i met <laughs> one other person what's the what's the breakdown of the white um it's like german irish english so a bunch okay. of <laughs> white stuff. Um, but my mom grew up in Arbutus. So. Are you living with your parents right now? I'm living with my grandfather, but okay. it's like two minutes from where my parents live. Okay. So do they 
did they know like all this was going on while you were no that's like the the epic plot twist of this story which is that i just straight up did not tell my family anything about this whatsoever they had no idea what i was doing at all even after you converted okay so this is what happened right by the time this had been like two years more it was more casually at first the second year was when i like more intensely because at first it was just like curiosity the second year it was like i want to learn a lot about this religion um during those two years i didn't say anything to my parents whatsoever um and partially it's just because you know like it's just some random stuff i didn't think i was actually going to convert it didn't seem like a big deal and it just kind of escalated to the point where if i wanted to tell them before i converted there'd be so much to catch up on so my logic at the time was that's like a lot of backstory i don't want to like freak them out and then have that affect my decision because Mm. i want to be able to make the decision Um, from a completely neutral standpoint, right? Um, So I thought, I'll just convert (laughs) and I'll tell them later, Um, which was a terrible idea. Although I think, like, looking back, as much drama happened because of it, um, it did at least allow me to make a decision that was purely my own, where I wasn't worried about what other people were going to think. But, like, if I went back and did it again, I wouldn't... um, I wouldn't so, not so tell, tell us them. about what was what was your parents reaction what's the how so, did they find out so um what happened was so first of all it was two years of research but i'm about to have been muslim for two years and they found out six months after i converted i was gonna tell wow. them at the end of the year so that was my plan i was like all right i'm gonna convert now and then i was gonna tell them a couple months in but some drama stuff was happening uh in my extended family so i was like okay i don't want to like put another burden on them so i'll just wait till the end of the year but they found out because my uncle who is really nosy um found a okay so i this is is like a stupid stupid story this guy was like trying to ask me out and i didn't feel like saying no so i changed my relationship status on facebook to in a relationship so my friends who obviously knew i weren't i wasn't actually in a relationship like commented jokey things like you know oh you better get married soon like right like as a joke. So like my uncle Muslim friends? Yeah, but yeah. like non Muslim uh, friends too, but you okay. know Muslim I friends you obviously. Doing this on yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so one of my friends commented something, uh, and they have a Muslim name. So my nosy uncle clicks on that person and it just so happens that their header photo has um, me in it wearing hijab. Oh. So my uncle does some research, it's kind of a long story, and basically finds out that I converted. So he tells my dad in the worst possible way, which is basically, do you know that your daughter is the like prime age for these young white girls who like convert and join ISIS and that kind of thing? And I'm like, oh my God. So he told my dad, my dad of course freaks out um, because my parents had no idea up until this point. Like I fasted Ramadan and they still didn't know. Wait, were you not wearing hijab in the house at all or anything? No, I'd take it off before I entered the uh, house, obviously. Yeah, so okay. you were wearing oh, so hijab you wore it otherwise? Yeah, I did. Like okay. mostly, unless I was around my parents. Okay, so real quick, why did you choose to wear hijab? And was it since the beginning that you converted? Um, it wasn't since the beginning. At first, I felt kind of like if I started wearing it, because I didn't, I didn't know better at the time. So I was like, if I start wearing it now, I feel like I'm going to like, like kind of... Um, what do you call it, like degrade, I guess, the struggles of people who were born Muslim and they like chose to wear hijab or, you know, whatever. And then me, this random convert girl shows up and then instantly starts wearing it. So I kind of like felt bad at first. So I didn't wear it all the time. Um, But then I learned that 
it doesn't actually matter when you start yeah. wearing hijab. <laughs> nobody thought, nobody would have thought anything like that at all. Like it's, it's all about each person's individual journey. So mm. I basically asked like a public um, Facebook question and was like, you know, what do you guys think? And everybody was like, heck yeah, you can start wearing it. What are you talking about? So I kind of, <laughs> kind of like um, shook it off a little bit and was like, all right, yeah. Um, so then I started wearing it to just college. Um, except for on Tuesdays, which is because I had a club meeting on Tuesdays for, I was in a film society um, and my parents would see pictures from there. So I didn't, uh, I didn't wear it there yet. And then I started wearing it there and then I started um, wearing it outside. Did people ask college. you like, why are you wearing it sometimes and sometimes not? Not really, like nobody really cared. They were, people would just be like, hey, it's your hair. Cause mm. I still get that. People are like, I miss your hair. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Well, you can't see it though. <laughs> Is that <laughs> yeah. what inspired the, um, your blog name? And you can start by yeah. telling us your blog name. Oh yeah, I have a blog. Um, I actually changed the name. Uh, now it's con- Confessions of a Convert Hijabi. It used to be Confessions of a Part-Time Hijabi, but I changed the name recently because um, like, it was kind of like a funny name, but like hijab is not only just wearing the headscarf. So I changed the name because I thought it would be more representative of what the blog is, which is basically just, I write articles sharing my opinions from a convert's perspective. Um, and that's about it there, which check out my blog. I don't have that many people who read it, but I write anyway. And like, I share the articles with my friends and that's about it for Part-time now. Part-time hijabi sounds yeah. so funny. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty funny. Where like, so was that literally just from your day-to-day life of, okay, well, I'm going to put it on today. Well, I'm not going to put gonna on my on resume. So yeah. Like, okay. Well, I'm just going to talk about my part-time hijabi life. Yep. What are, <laughs> what are some issues that you had starting to wear hijab? Like, you know, did it mess up your hair? Like, did you have to tie your hair in a certain way? Like okay, those little... That's, yeah, that's actually okay. super true. So the first, like, let's go back to me doing the hijab challenge two years ago. Or wait, that was not even two years ago. That's like over three years ago. What the heck? <laughs> anyway, um, I think. Anyway, whatever it was. So I thought I was super smart. I was like, man, these Muslim girls doing buns and stuff. I'm going to wear a hairnet underneath. This has got to be easier. <laughs> hairnet? So I, I put on a freaking hairnet, which was not smart like at for, all. Like for cooks and stuff? L- like a wig hairnet. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. So I put on one of those and I got an infinity scarf because then I was like, then I don't need to wear pins, which was a terrible idea too. Oh, that did no. not work at all. Um, luckily I did manage to make it work. Then later what I did is I'd, um, like when I actually converted, I played around with a bunch of different styles. First I'd, um, I'd pin it where like, like the ends would both hang down. So then my hair kept sticking out. So then I was like, okay, I'll wear a headband underneath. Um, so I wore, I wore it like with a headband for a while, but then it would make my hair get like super flat. So I'd go in and like, I'd go into my family's house and my hair's all, all like weirdly <laughs> flat. Like, so it looked weird. Um, and now what I do is I just like, I have a bun and I have, you know, I'm not wearing a, um, underscarf or a headband or anything. And I just wear it in a style where it doesn't stick out. So I like, I got better at that. Um, it's way easier to put on hijab than I thought when I did the hijab challenge and tried to use a hairnet. Like it's really not that big a deal <laughs> to put it on. Yeah. Did, did you, okay. So did you have to like YouTube a bunch of tutorials and stuff? Cause I know that that's like usually like so, a stage that I like, go through. I didn't really, I just, um, I remember I saw one tutorial that was like a picture by picture thing that was on Instagram or something. So I used that one for a while, but since then I just look at somebody else wearing it and then like practice it and figure it out on my own, <laughs> which I feel bad because my friends will be like, Oh my gosh, where'd you learn that? And I'll be like, I made it up. Like, and then they think I'm being arrogant, but I'm not. I just, that's just what I do. So continuing on with the, um, the parents situation, what happened? So, um, immediately after, my dad found out he was obviously not happy. So 
He then proceeded to tell my whole family before I could tell them. And I was at work. Um, luckily, my mom tells me, like, she comes to my work and she's like, hey, just letting you know, we just found out that you converted to Islam. What is this? Your dad's going to talk to you about this when you get home. So I'm like, oh, crap. So I was so freaked out because I had been, I actually wrote, like, a whole thing that I was going to read to my parents when I told them. Like, I had the whole thing all planned out. <laughs> Instead, this was at a terrible time. Not only that, but my grandfather had recently died, too. So it was already not a good time for my family. Mm-hmm. And then this happened. Um, and it was my dad's birthday, too. Like, there oh, could man. not have been a no. worse time. Happy it, birthday. It was so bad. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so then I, like, made myself cry to get off work. And then I walk home, and on Wait, the way you there, purposely cried. At <laughs> yeah, work? I did. Were you like, I'm so scared, or like? No, I just started crying, and I just said it was an emergency, and they had to let me off, and they did. So oh. that was wow. thankful. So I got a couple more hours than expected, because if not, I would have gotten off and then walked home. And my dad would have been home already. That's how I got it at school all the time. Yeah, it's facts. I've gotten good grades from crying, which I still feel kind of guilty about. There's one grammar class that uh, I should not have gotten a good grade in that grammar class, but I didn't submit. Oh my god, I'm such a terrible person. Wow, (laughs) cried and sympathy, and then Uh I got an A. What is this? An A. I've only done that with the parking ticket but it works nonetheless. sometimes you, you know you gotta like time it really well right you can't cry a lot regularly yeah. and you time it really well and then waterworks yeah exactly is your family like um or even i don't know now but at the time like kind of i don't want to say like racist but like ignorant to at least like these types of uh beliefs like you mentioned your uncle like clicked on the muslim person's name yeah. and like you know was there any like fear there um, I don't really know about my uncle. I'm still mad at him. Like, I haven't actually talked to him about it. We've seen each other a couple times since, but um, we haven't actually talked about me converting, and he just acts like we're, like, you know, buddy-buddy. And I really just mm. want to be like, hey, dude, thanks for being a jerk a couple years ago. Yes. Maybe one day I'll get a chance to talk to him. I don't mm. know. Um, but as far as my family's opinion, they were more just against religion in general. Oh, uh, I see. Uh, okay. And so... Um, it's not, like, a political thing, like... Yeah, it was conservative or something. Yeah, it was more just that they're just not fans of the idea of organized religion. Did the ISIS com? Did the ISIS comment scare your dad, or Um, was like he like, oh, okay, my brother is just saying this, but like, like, because did your family have like any type of like, like idea that it was coming up? Like, were you talking about Islam in the house at all or anything? There's no indication. I feel like I mentioned Islam like once, that because again, I like, (laughs) I like didn't plan for it. Um, I didn't know that I was going to wind up converting. Like, I'm pretty sure I was just like, you know, oh, yeah, I made a movie and like, you know, it was about this because some Muslim people, I think that's the most I ever mentioned Islam ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they're the main thing, though, was they were more hurt that I didn't tell them. Uh, like, and yeah. so because of that, then they brought up other things that were more political just to kind of like get back at me for right. not telling them. And that's the main thing, because, you know, like, I'm, I kind of mistakenly thought that, like, it, well, they always taught me to make my own choices. So for me, I kind of mistakenly thought that, okay, if I want to go in this, into this, making it completely my own choice without feeling like, you know, I would be pressured this way or that, because I know that they weren't fans of religion in general, mm. that it would be, like, like, understandable. But they didn't take it like that at all. They took it like I was, like, keeping this big secret from them, Uh, Um, which I guess technically I was. It just didn't feel like it at the time. So looking back, I wouldn't redo it. But I did learn good things from the experience, and I am glad that I was able to make the choice on my own. So how are they now? 
um, a little bit better, but it's still not like, um, like we don't talk openly about me, me being Muslim, basically. Mm. Do you so wear the hijab thing. like when you go out with family events and stuff, or do you just? I just kind of like don't. I'll wear like a hoodie because mm. um, yeah. I don't want to make them any more uncomfortable. Like I want to make them uncomfortable, especially because they're like um, extended family members who might not know and things like that. Um, so I don't want to like make them uncomfortable, but it's not openly talked about. But it's also not like brought up and me getting like criticized for it anymore. Mm. So hopefully, hopefully they understand like. But I didn't intend to be hurtful at all. Um, I just miscalculated what the best move was. But we don't like openly talk about Islam. But I'm I'm kind of like slowly starting to bring it up. So like let's mm. say I'm having a conversation with my mom in the car, and she brings up some cool video she watched about like the creation of the universe, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool because in Islam we believe this, which is the exact same thing. Mm. Like you know that kind of thing. Right. Um, and so I'm kind of slowly trying to do that. Um, and I know Lola is young, your little sister. But does she have an opinion on any, like, everything that happened? Um, see, I don't know about my... Because I have, like, two younger sisters. One of them is nine, and one of them is, like, a little kid. She's, she doesn't count. The nine-year-old, I haven't, like, openly talked to her about it. She just kind of knows, and she knows that I wear hijab. Um, and that's just kind of it. So, like, when she's older, I'll have more conversations with her. Mm. But I don't want my parents to think that I'm, like, trying to, trying convert, to convert my siblings. Right, right. They'd be like, you know, now what are you doing? Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, with my brothers, my brothers are just kind of chill about it. Like, my brothers are all teenagers. Um, so they, they don't really care. Like, none of them none of them are really into the, uh, the concept of religion. But they also, like, are not judgmental of me or anything mm. like that. Like, they, they really don't care what I do in my spare time as long as I come and, like, play video games with them sometimes. <laughs> What's, like, um, some cases of, or have you faced, like, Islamophobia since then? I mean, like, yes, but nothing super bad. That's good. Like, yeah, yeah which awesome. is good. I think that um, the main thing for me is I just kind of present myself as a likable person. Mm. And then if it eventually it gets to a point where we're talking about Islam, then they're more receptive to it. So if I, like, normally, um, for example, in film society, which I was president of up until recently, there was this one kid who, um, he came from a conservative family and, like, had posted some anti-Islam stuff. So I knew this because I saw him posting it on Facebook and he was still coming to club, right? So I just kind of, like, made sure I was friendly with him and stuff like that. And then eventually the topic of religion got brought up and he was perfectly happy to hear my opinions. And, you know, at that point he's just like, wow, I didn't know that. Like, that's really cool. Um, but as far as like random instances, the most I've gotten is one time I was walking and then somebody like opens up their window and yells a lot of bar at me. Dang. I was like, oh, whatever. Like, I didn't think that actually happened, but okay. Um, yeah. And then besides that, um, I've had like random dirty looks from people. Mm. Like I went to, um, my friend used to work at Cracker Barrel. And you know, like Cracker Barrel is like stereotypically where all like the racist old white people are. Mm -hmm. So I got, you know, a couple of looks from Islamophobes in there, but they don't normally like say anything, yeah. which is nice. Like, I think, I think that's really good. I think a lot of it is if you kind of, I mean, you can't like prevent everything. Yeah. But if you yeah. act like a likable person, somebody who might otherwise be rude to you might be more receptive yeah, to be awesome. like, yeah. yeah. So it, it can't really cure everything, but. And then on the opposite side, have you have you dealt with racism from Muslims? Um, from Muslims, I've only gotten like like there are some things that they do. It's more like, like do you feel excluded being white uh, from certain things that they do? So I definitely don't feel excluded at all. Okay. Early on, I did have more people doing things like they'd criticize me for not like in a mean way, but they'd mm. criticize me in like what clothes I was wearing or like you know how I was praying or things like that as I was learning. And I know they were trying to help. 
but it does more harm than good if you're trying to like tell your recent convert friend you know like hey your pants are too tight or something like that okay. like that's that's not cool yeah. um, and it's not islamic either uh like that's not the right way to handle things but a lot of people just don't know how to do that i think um you know then there were also a couple of things like you'll get somebody who somebody's mom will just be like you know oh we have to set her up with someone else who is also a convert like oh, okay uh, wait am i not a regular muslim i'm like a convert muslim i yeah. can't like marry whoever i want what are you talking about does that have to do with like uh is she gonna like remain muslim or is she gonna change another religion or something is i've that... never gotten that at all okay. um i think people just kind of like at worst they kind of view converts as like another type of muslim hmm. but again with self-presentation just kind of get through that and i've learned yeah. that the less you care and the more things are fine like i used to worry if i went to the masjid you know oh are people gonna judge me like you know i said hi to a guy are people gonna freak out or you know like did i not wear the right clothes or anything like that and as you get more used to it you realize is that islam is not a judgmental religion mm. humans are judgmental and no all doubt. humans are no matter where you are um and so you know if you if you don't really care what people say and the more knowledge that you learn so that if somebody does say something, you have something proper to say back, then the more comfortable you become. Yeah. I would say, though, the most annoying thing is I get people, even other converts would do this. They'd be like, oh, you're a convert. So how are you handling all this spicy daisy food? And I'm like, this is your question of all the things you're going to ask me? You're Muslim me? now. You have to eat this food. That's so funny. Like, oh, they'd just be like, you know, oh, so, you know, do you, like now that you're trying this, I'm like, no, I knew what daisy food was before I converted. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I had a question about your occupation. Mm -hmm. So you're a filmmaker? And yes. So like, um, I guess, were you a filmmaker before you converted? Yeah, I was. So did your content change at all before you were Muslim and after you're Muslim? I've never thought about that before, but technically, yes, um, because I started becoming a like I already did videography and I made like random movies. Uh, and like I said, I was in film society, which I had been since before I converted. But I started doing like actual gigs where I do trailers for different um, Islamic events or, you know, weddings and things like that. And that those were mostly Muslim clients. So that kind of stuff I didn't really do before then. And now like my demographic is doing those kind of things for Muslims and Muslim organizations and things like that, um, which is pretty cool. So I'd say in that regard, the content did change. But at the end of the day, like I'm an editor slash videographer as my main thing. Um, I, know, I also do graphic design for like flyers and logos and stuff like that. So nowadays I do a lot of things that are like, you know, here's a promo video for this Muslim organization. Um, here is a, you know, I'll do like random videos for um, different charity organizations and events and of course weddings and things like that. Um, what are your thoughts on the mixture of culture and religion? As in like, you know, a lot of people, um, non-Muslims confuse the two. And then also just being in the religion, like, do you feel, um, you know, that you've explored a lot of different cultures? Are there things about certain cultures you like that you dislike? I think that's a good question. Um, well, Islamically, you're allowed to have culture. You're not supposed to reject culture for Islam. You're just supposed to reject things that are in opposition to what Islam stands for. So if a part of your culture is something that doesn't fit in with Islam, then you'd be like, okay, that's, that's like, it would be something that was bad, right? Uh, let me think of an example, like anything that would technically be like racism or anything, obviously that's not supposed to be in Islam. We're all equal under God. 
Um, and then something like if it's like anything that would be considered worship of other than God, then obviously that wouldn't fit in. Okay. Um, and then something like, let's say there's like a marriage practice that mm. is un-Islamic, but it's cultural. So then in that regard, you'd let that go and you'd go with the, the Muslim way of marriage and things like that. Um, you know, how to interact with others, raising your kids, um, anything like that. But you're allowed to have culture. So I think it's fine to have both. You just can't mix them up. And mm. a lot of them, what I've seen is they're more like cultural myths. Um, like I've learned there are people who they believe this one thing and they thought that it was Islamic, but it was actually just a cultural myth. And then they learned one day, they were like, what the heck? Like my parents have told me this since I was a little kid. Oh, okay. Turned out it wasn't even part of my religion. So I think that's important, but you know, everybody should celebrate what culture they're from if they have a culture to celebrate. Um, and that can be separate from Islam and, you know, like if you're Muslim, it shouldn't be your only identity. Like your identity is who you are as a person and being Muslim is a part of that. And it should fit in with your lifestyle and who you are and, you know, what you want to do in life. Um, and it should fit your character. And as far as that is concerned, of course, you're allowed to like celebrate your heritage and everything. Mm. Yeah, I think that also like, I guess um, when I, I when I was thinking of that question was just like how in Saudi Arabia, it's like, you know, women have to be in full burqa like when they're outside mm. and you know not being able to drive and stuff and then also again with like the weddings thing like i guess islamically the only uh day in our in like uh south asian weddings for example that matters is like the first day where like you know you do it inside the mosque in front of the imam um and, and then the rest of it is literally just like or like extra stuff yeah. yeah yeah we like our weddings are like a week long yeah i know but, i filmed them <laughs> <laughs> there you go so you know but like I think for some Americans, it's confusing because they're like, wait, so like, are you guys Bollywood, like belly dancing half shirt? Or are you like this, Oh yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Saudi Arabia, like full on dressed ninjas? Like, I guess on that point, you just kind of need to like talk about it. For me, I think more things that are uh, confusing for people is if it's like government related. Mm. So if somebody might just be like, you know, you know, in Islam where you're not allowed to drive. And it's like, no. Oh, yeah. No, that's never been a thing. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. You know, and those kind of things. Or, you know, you know Islam is bad because this one country with this one government does this one thing. And it's like, well, no, like, just because those people consider themselves Muslim does not mean that what they're doing is actually Islamic. I think things as far as, like, weddings, that can just be pretty easily cleared up. But it's mm -hmm. also not un-Islamic to have big weddings. It's only un-Islamic to have ridiculously expensive weddings. Like... I mean, it's not even technically un-Islamic. It's just, like, considered better to have weddings with lesser expenses. So you would have, like, your nikah and your walima, and that's all that's sunnah to have. And then if you want to have more celebrations, that's fine. It doesn't, like... It isn't un-Islamic to do it. Um, the... So it's un-Islamic to be wasteful. Yeah, like you don't want to, you don't want to like, you know, spend thousands, go into thousands debt. of dollars. Go, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Plus, there's which like some a higher, people do. Which some there's people a higher do. divorce rate if you do that anyway. Like marriages that people spend more money on, it's more likely for the couple to get divorced. I forget the actual statistics, but like the more money spent on mm. weddings, the more likely it is for the couple to get divorced. And spend I was like, zero dollars. <laughs> so this guy. It seems like everything you do, you do like really well at it. Oh, and thank I'm, you. And I know that you went to like Dublin, Ireland this year. Yeah, to I do. compete in martial arts. Can you talk about that a little bit? What? You do martial yeah, arts? Sure. Yeah, I do. Um, so I'm a third degree black belt in ITF Taekwondo. Don't mess with her. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> oh, although you can mess with me if you want to like film it. <laughs> this is this is a this is a um a case where the Muslim girl is actually a ninja. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I could start wearing niqab, and if somebody asks if I'm a ninja, I can be like, oh, yeah, sort of. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's my yeah. occupation. Tell us about it. So, um, I've been practicing for shoot 12 years 11 years either 11 or 12 years i forget something like that um and so i've been to world championships a couple of times uh i didn't win gold this time but inshallah world uh, championships yeah world championships so imagine the olympics but just taekwondo so what it is is this is like like it's not the foot fighting thing that you see in the actual olympics that's that's a different style it doesn't count this is itf taekwondo this is like a military martial art that's an intense self-defense art it's both hand and foot it's not just like kicks it's um all right so your uncle was on to something slightly (laughs) maybe (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i went to world championships uh they were in ireland so i had to qualify they changed it. It used to be you'd qualify at nationals and then you'd go to worlds, but then now they changed it that you have to qualify at qualifiers to go to nationals to go to worlds. So I had to do that. Um, so I'm a, I'm a gold medalist at a national level, at that's least. Crazy. That, that's crazy. That's amazing. As a twi- taekwondo person. Um, martial artist. Mar- right? Martial, martial artist. artist. There you go. Um, do you, do you, you only use it for self-defense, right? But do you ever like walk into the street and be like, yo, if I get robbed, I'll pull these moves or something? Oh, like that. yeah, all the time. <laughs> like, literally, okay. Awesome. I'll walk into a restaurant and I'll sit myself so that I can see the door she so I know somebody's gonna like going to attack me. Okay, I suck because one time I was at a store. I'll never forget this my whole life. It was a couple years ago and I was, I was at a store and I was in line buying something. And the guy in front of me started moving his fist like he was going to hit me. So I didn't even do anything. I instinctively, my leg chambered like I was going to kick. And the guy was just itching his face or something and was just moving oh his arm weirdly. God. I just like slowly put my leg down. I was like, hopefully no one noticed. Um, yeah, that just happened by itself. If anybody jumps out and tries to scare me, my hands automatically go up. Dang. That's awesome. Wait, are you excited about this? Um, the Nike like hijab? The Nike thing? hijab? Yeah. I would like to try it, but there are also like different independent uh, oh, like, yeah, there's designers. Oh, yeah, there's that debate where it's yeah, like, why so, is Nike... Yeah, that's things. true. I mean, I think it's good that Nike did that because it kind of normalizes it. I think that's important. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. Like, I'm actually, I'm, I haven't really told anybody that, so you guys can like hear it first. But I want to make this video exclusive. Strange flavors yeah. exclusive. There we go. <laughs> I want to make this video that would be. I'll pick uh, some random background nasheed that's cool, and then I'll get different with some women doing things that they're passionate about and put it into a video because there's been, like, that's been done before, but it's normally just like. You don't really see them doing anything um like it'll just be like a random shot of a hijabi wearing her job like this and then a non-hijabi over here and then you know a niqabi over here and things like that uh but you never really get something that actually showcases like what muslims do especially women because there's like negative stereotypes mm. so i think kind of like normalizing the fact that they're people just like everyone else just because they do some things differently doesn't mean they're not people so i want to do like a video where i just get a bunch of different muslim women and each one is highlighting something that they're passionate about and it could be anything it doesn't need to just be like you know the cool hijabi on a, on a skateboard it can be like here's somebody who likes drawing here's somebody who's passionate about memorizing quran you know here's somebody who's a martial artist here's somebody who plays sports and it would just be a different compilation of are they all gonna have a hijab not all of them. It okay. would just be like Muslim women in general. So there'd be okay, some hijabis, nice. some non-hijabis. You know, people, um, I want to try and make it as diverse as possible. Got it. And it would just kind of be something to showcase that, you know, like the stereotypes are not true. Yeah. Like, um, we got to wrap up soon, but I want to ask you something. Um, as as a um, convert, and especially being white, like, do you feel that um, people look to you or do you feel yourself that you have some sort of like um, responsibility to either you know, um, stand up for something or make an impact, um, 
because of your uh, role now in your religion? Yeah, I definitely feel that. I think that um, as a convert, you are kind of expected to have all the answers because you have a lot of them because you obviously did research before you converted. At least I did. Converts are high key the smartest, right? <laughs> they know definitely. they know so much more than us. That's because they yeah. look they, up all yeah, the, look up the tough questions. Like, yeah. I mean, right. like not always. Sometimes maybe somebody originally converts because they wanted to marry someone or whatever. Yeah. Mm, so then they yeah, get married yeah. and then they start learning about Islam after that and then they learn more. You know, it, it depends on the situation. But, you know, a lot of times somebody's like, oh, you were con- you're a convert and you're kind of expected to like, like answer the tough questions because yeah, that's true. especially amongst non-Muslims, like I do uh, dawah tables at my, or I used to, I guess I'm not going to do it anymore. That's kind of weird. I'll volunteer and come Which, back. Can probably. you explain what that is? So that would be, um, you would be spreading information about Islam, but not like in a pushy way. So what we do is we have like a trivia game and then if you get, if you play the trivia game at all, then you get like cookies or something like that. And then people just kind of start asking you questions on their own. So, you know, they might be inspired by the trivia or something like that. And so that kind of thing, they'd be like, oh, you're a convert. How did you convert knowing that this is a thing? And then you have to try and answer it. Um, and that's not just at tables like that, but just in day-to-day life, somebody might find out you're a convert. They immediately start asking you the super tough questions. Yeah. Like, wow. right? So as a convert, you have to know those um, because people are going to ask them to you. And if you say, I don't know, they're just like, oh, she was brainwashed, right? <laughs> so you have to really nail it. And then when interacting with Muslims, it's also really important too, because somebody might try and tell you something. And at least this isn't so much anymore, but like more like when I first converted and didn't know as much, they might try and tell you something and you don't know whether it's true or not. Like maybe it's a cultural myth, right? And if you don't have that knowledge, then you won't know what's true or not. Oh, like the snake aunties. Yeah. The like snake aunties try to feed you all this wrong <laughs> yeah. information. And you got you to gotta look out for that. But they're like, they'll be telling, they'll be asking you such hard question. I'm like, dang, I don't even know that. Like, <laughs> Do you know that? Um, really yeah. quickly, um, you did mention that you want to be a scholar one day. Yeah, I would like to. Um, inshallah, I'm going to, I'm going to try and, I'm going to try and become an alama one day. I just applied to an online program. Um, like I can't at this point in life, like move to somewhere where I'd go and study to become an Islamic scholar, but there's an online program that's supposed to be really good. Um, so if I get accepted into it, then I could do that. But if not, it would be something I'd like to do in the future, just because I want to like take it to that next level. For me, I feel like when you commit to anything in life, you should try and be as knowledgeable about it as possible. Just to me, that's like like the way that I view life is that you respect life by putting in that effort into whatever you're a part of. So for me, this is just the next level of already doing like that, doing that. Dang. Wow. Y'all make us look good, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's the converts who That's know awesome. so much more. Thank you. Um, and okay. So real quick, where can people find you? Uh, what are you up to nowadays? Um, Any last message you want to leave for them? Well, definitely read my blog because it would be super cool if my blog actually became a thing. So it's um, hijabiweb.wordpress.com because I haven't bought a real URL. Find in the bio. <laughs> it's also um, facebook.com slash hijabiweb. I believe if not, you can just look up confessions of a convert hijabi on Facebook and it'll come up and I just write random thoughts. Like sometimes it'll be, here's a story about this thing that happened when I first converted. Sometimes it'll be like my opinion on something or a review of a class that I attended about Islam or, you know, like a rant about and you post your videos something. on there too. Um, not yet. Okay. Uh, when I, when I make that one video awesome. with a different, nice muslim women then i'll probably post that there Go follow her blog it's linked in the description look out for that video 
All right, Shimmer. If you could describe yourself in any flavor, what flavor would it be and why? Like of ice cream? Any, of anything. Anything, any flavor. Especially daisy food. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, side note, I can handle spicy food. I'll have you to Bam! Bam. Wow. Shots at you. <laughs> Just so you know. Hmm, flavor. Smoking that describes kind of like who you are. I'm milk chocolate, but I look like dark chocolate. That's what it is. You better explain no, that, like, sister. Like, you better explain. <laughs> oh, gosh, no, I don't want to screw up. Okay, like, imagine like a chocolate truffle. And it's the kind of truffle that it's like in a container and you all, you're like expecting like bitter dark chocolate or something, but it turns out it's like sweet milk chocolate. Does that Ooh, make sense? Yeah, yeah, it okay. does. It does. Wow. I like that. So, so when people look at you or like are trying to get to know you, they're like have this perception that's sort of bitter. And then when they get to know you, they're like. That's what I'd say. I feel like at first nobody really likes me. And then later everybody likes me. <laughs> like oh. uh, people think I'm kind of condescending or unapproachable. And then they get to know me and they're like, oh, she's actually cool. <laughs> All right, let's put a hazelnut in there. Just okay, for like good. The... I like that. That sounds good. All right, cool. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> um, and Trish, thank you so much thank for you. coming on to the show. Oh, wait, the name, as I said it. Um, have, you, have you thought about or gotten any questions about your name or anything like that? Yeah, I have. So some people will just be like, you know, why didn't you change your name? The answer is pretty simple, which is that it's disrespectful to your parents yeah. to change your name. Islamically, the only reason why you'd change your name is if your name already had a bad meaning. So um, like when people would convert in, in the original days of Islam, right, their names would only be changed um, if the prophet went up to them and was like, oh, your name means like ugly woman. Let's change the name to mean beautiful woman. So if you're a convert, um, why are people naming people? I know, right? Names ugly ones? Why would you what? do something like that? That's so mean. I mean. My cousin's name is Cameron, and that means crooked nose, which is like not cool. <laughs> kind of sad, right? Now people named Cameron, they, they're named crooked nose. That's kind of don't have that Cameron. If anybody uh. named Cameron is listening, <laughs> yeah, right. Get at your that nose point, <laughs> at that point, your name is Cameron. You change your name, maybe. Okay. But you know. Uh, my name means beautiful, I believe, because my full name is Patricia. So I'm pretty sure it means beautiful or beautiful one, something like that. So it doesn't have a bad meaning. Nice. So at that point, it's just like, you know, it's like respectful to your parents who chose that name for you. Like, that's the name that fit you. So if I had a name with a bad meaning, I'd more consider changing it. But I think it's also important for people to know that there is no such thing as like a Muslim name. Right. Yeah. Like, if you're a Muslim, that's your Muslim name. Yeah. Facts. Get it right. Trish, the Ninja Hijabi, thank you so much for being on the show. Woo! It's been another week, another flavor, a little less stranger. We'll see you next time. They say the money make the world go round and round. What if the paper wasn't even around? What if the dreams that I sold were real to feel? What if the people that I met were real? What if my daddy wanted me to be a rock star? But I was still here recording on my laptop. Broke brother, but I gotta act like I'm rich. Think quicker or you at a dance in the street.